With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, it's Richie. And before we start this episode of the show, of course we want to tell you about DraftKings. We're getting ever closer to sports betting being legalized here in the state of Arizona by the beginning of the NFL season. And in order to get a head start on it, you got to use that promo code THPN when you sign up for an account with DraftKings. You can use the DraftKings app or go to DraftKings.com, play some daily fantasy. It's exciting. The basketball playoffs are still going on. You got Major League Baseball in full swing, and you can take part in all of the daily fantasy action at DraftKings and the DraftKings app. It's a lot of fun. It's exciting. I'm excited to get after it come September. And you can join along with me. Get a head start. Sign up for an account right now. Promo code THPN to get some shots at lots and lots of money. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It has been a busy ass day. Like, I will just put it that way. It's been weird. It's been crazy. You know, three o'clock today was the day was the time today that you could finally stop any final trades before the freeze, before the expansion draft. So it, it was chaos, as we always assume it will be, to talk about that amongst probably many other things. My wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores, how you doing? Hello, Corey. You know, I... Um... I don't know. You ask me that question all the time. I'm like, oh, I'm doing chipper. I'm great. But tonight it's like, (sighs) for reasons we probably won't get into here because it makes me too depressed. We will not mention the S-U-N-S conversation at the moment. Yes. Yes. We'll move on from that. But other than that, perfectly fine. It's an, it was, uh, we had some rain this weekend. It was great. We, we had some flurry of activity throughout the entire NHL and the Coyotes. We uh, there was some other stuff going on. I think um, I made a, a, a me and you, Corey. Um, I think um, lost our friend Cat because we went on a twenty-minute Austin Powers text conversation, and um, it was hilarious to you and I. And it was great, and like you tweeted, it was like the perfect encapsulation of our friendship if in a text thread. Um, but I, I think Kat was like, she hates us now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's funny because um, we have these moments where we do, we do it to each one of us in this group. Like you and Kat do it a little bit more now because of the fact that you guys are like living in, in the same building. So, you know, you're, 
you guys understand some things that I don't understand. But, you know, like, Kat and I will make you uncomfortable in group text as the only male that's in the group text. Um, this is one of, like, the first times in a while that we've actually made Kat f- feel weird in our group text. Yes, it's about time. Because, like we talked about on the last episode of our show, um, it, um, you guys did the same thing to me last year during quarantine. Um, I managed to go back and find those texts. And let's just say there were seven pictures in a row of Patrick Sharp. Um, Which, that was not the worst of it. That's the funny part is, is Kat asked for that. And I was, I was able to provide. As for probably when it got its weirdest was honestly the first games that were in the bubble. Because we just started saying really strange things after a certain while. Some of them may have been of, of like, you know, making making sexual jokes off of things because of the fact that we were about delirious at that point. And people were day drinking. It was it was a interesting time in everyone's lives. So <laughs> out of the the worst that we probably put you through, the uh, the Patrick Sharp photos were probably lower on the totem pole. So I'm glad that those were the ones that you found because those were probably the cleaner ones out of everything. Yeah, there was more. I scrolled back through that entire thread and there's there's more. I could send you all of them. I could go back and find them. But anyway, so I feel like this retro, that was retribution, us doing our tangent on Austin Powers. And I feel like there should be some context here. Um. Uh, Kat was watching a movie called In Bruges. It has um, Colin Farrell and um, Brendan Gleeson, thank you, from Harry Potter fame. And I have no idea what the movie's about. Didn't really pay attention to a lick of it. But the only so the only thing I know is that the movie takes place in Bruges. And the title of the movie is In Bruges. And the only other thing I know Bruges from is from Austin Powers, gold member, when... Um, Dr. Evil and Mini-Me are doing their little rap, Hard Knock Life, and Dr. Evil has the line, this one goes out to all my homies in Bruges. And and I made that joke. I was very proud of myself. Flew over Cat's head, but that's okay. So I was like, okay, you know who's really going to enjoy this joke? I think Corey will get it. And I send it to you. It was kind of late. It was like 11 o'clock. And I was like, oh, Corey's probably asleep by now. So... Uh, but then you responded, and it took you a minute to get it. But I'm very proud of myself for making that joke. So we went on to then just, again, spend 20 minutes going back and forth, making Austin Powers references. I tweeted out a screenshot of some of them on my Twitter account. And I feel like we do that all the time. Because Austin Powers, just terrific, as we've already previously mentioned on this show. Well, and, and the funny part is I didn't realize how many times he says it in the movie. Like, he talks about it um, when, like, I can't remember if he's feeding. I think he, met, he might be feeding Mini-Me, like, Belgian chocolate. And he's like, it's from from Bruges. That's in Belgium. That's where Daddy's from. Like, that, he talks about it in there. And then and when, I think he, when he's also in the therapist's office, he talks about the fact that he's from Bruges. And I didn't even, like, I don't know why it didn't occur to me, like, over all the times, like like I said, I go to bed watching those movies. So, like, I have seen them an ungodly amount of times. And I didn't even realize how many times he says that, like, that's where 
quote-unquote Dr. Evil is from, where he became evil. I wonder if the people in Belgium like the fact that, like, you know, they get called they get called evil in it multiple times. It was Belgian. They just made you so damn evil. Yeah, I wonder if it's like Kazakhstan from Borat. Like, if I'm not mistaken, Kazakhstan, like the country, like basically like completely distanced itself, distanced itself from Borat. <laughs> and so I wonder if if the city of Bruges did the same thing. Maybe. I mean, you gotta think. There's there's different movies that people in other countries just straight up hate of ours. Like, I mean, nothing will probably be worse than uh, the interview where they actually tried to like hack into who was it? What was who's Sony? I think tried to hack into Sony to try and make that movie not come out because it was it was about. Um, which one was it at the time? Kim Kim Jong Un, right? Yes. They, they only they only change it by like two letters. Il Un, you know, like the whole. But um, so I mean, you know, it's it's kind of dark. Anytime you're like killing any the head of any country, but uh, it just it's funny. I I think there is always going to be certain American movies that other countries will just straight up hate. Yeah, I, I think that's a, probably the case with Austin Powers' gold member. Um, and the other country that probably hates it is the Dutch because um, <laughs> because of gold member. The best part, though, is when gold member goes, Dutch hate their... <laughs> when he's, take, he's like, take his Faja away. And they're like taking him to the uh, time machine and he walks by him and he goes, Dutch hate there. <laughs> and because the, earlier the dad says, um, there's two things that I hate. People <laughs> that are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. <laughs> I don't speak freaky deaky Dutch. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness! Um, we, I, th- I wonder, Corey, if you and I could just do a podcast at some point where you and I just recite the entire movie. We should do like a great uh, podcast, like just a breakdown of the Austin Powers movies and um, and the relation to um, the uh, Bond movies. Because that's what they are. They're they're essentially making fun of James Bond movies. So like, like I, it kills me every single time I watch the first one, and they have Odd Job, which is from like the Bond movies. They na- they have a character that's similar. Odd Job would throw hats. They named him Random Task, and it always makes me laugh. And he throws shoes, and that's where the who throws a shoe honestly is uh from but yeah there's we could probably do an entire like podcast on breaking down each movie we could absolutely do that and maybe we'll save that for later in the off season when the news slows down because right now at least like we could do an entire podcast on every trade that coyotes are making here over the last couple days because on wednesday or jesus fuck it's fucking saturday why the fuck did i say wednesday 
pause. Saturday. Today is Saturday before the trade freeze. I'm living in a time machine, ladies and gentlemen. But on Saturday, before the trade freeze took place, I was like, because a couple days leading up to it, I thought there was going to be a lot of movement and a lot of moving pieces and, and whatnot. And it was just dead. We had nothing for the few days leading up. There were a couple big trades in there, but um, Nick Letty being on the move, um, obviously um, the Brent or the Duncan Keith to Edmonton trade, right? Um, but right before, like right at, right at noon on Saturday, we got a flurry of moves, including a couple by the Coyotes. In case you missed it, here is what but before down. before go you ahead. go in before you go into this. Uh, a cat just tweeted out about the fact that we we were talking about spamming her with all this stuff without her being able to defend herself. Does she, does she want to hop on? I mean, since we were going to talk about goaltending anyways, uh, she's sitting on the couch right next to me. That's a, it, give her her due to defend herself. If that, if that is as she wishes. Okay. Okay. You're going to have to speak really loud cat. Cause the computer will not hear you. I don't actually need to defend myself too much. Richie got home from work last night and uh, was fully expecting to watch one of the TV shows that we're super into. And I told him that I had actually scheduled a movie night instead and had to coordinate the start time of In Bruges. Um, And so he had no say in what movie was being played, but very gamely sat there and... uh, Next thing I knew, my phone just like kept buzzing and I looked at it and there was just like Austin Powers quotes back and forth. And it was it was funny. I, I enjoyed it, but um, I I was very, very checked out for it. I wasn't I wasn't annoyed, though. I think you guys were fine. You guys were cute because you weren't making fun of me in any way. Oh, good. We, we got a gold star from Kat. That's great. You guys made fun of me. I think what I do need to defend myself is you guys make fun of me more when I think that you guys understand references to like certain articles of clothing or to certain types of food that apparently are not a thing in Arizona. And then I'm like, hey, Corey, can you believe that Richie didn't understand X? And you're like, neither do I. What was and what do I- you call Otter Pops? You call Otter Pops some, some weird shit. Freeze pops. Never heard of no. It, the the sweatpant debacle was was the bigger one. Where I absolutely was shook <laughs> when Richie told me he's never owned a pair of sweatpants in his life. And I was like, so what did you wear during gym class when it was cold out? And he was like, pants made out of gym short material. I was like, those are sweatpants. <laughs> he was he was and- totally wrong. It was track pants. He meant track pants. Yes. He meant track pants, which everywhere else in the country are also sweatpants. And so there was a massive miscommunication. And I thought that you would be on my side there. And you were like, no, those aren't called sweatpants. Those are track pants. And then I was the odd one out instead of teasing Richie. So I've, I've been, I've been teased before by you guys. Last night was just kind of funny. It's, it's hard when you uh, are around Richie and I who have been, here in Arizona our entire life and it's funny because that was kind of like something I just went on vacation to California and things are very similar whether people like to admit it or not between Arizona and California 
but like it is funny there is like a a nice stark difference of scottsdale between scottsdale arizona and california because uh being in california then getting on a plane and having some people that were very obviously from scottsdale on the plane i was like oh this oddly feels like home and it's it's funny that makes the the differentiator between um california arizona and um scottsdale is the fact that arizona has the people that are the kind of uppity scottsdale people and the people that have a permanent stick up their ass um that's what makes it here and it's funny just even going like somewhere else you forget the like i don't know the, the things that you get into naturally as like a as a force of habit until you go to somewhere else and you realize that you know the world isn't exactly like the state you live in you've traveled much more than we have so our vocabulary isn't as robust. We've been hot as balls our entire life. <laughs> hot as balls. And that's that's what it really is. I always think that Richie's just really out of touch when in reality he's actually very cool. Um, he just grew up in a completely different state because it's happened a few times, not just the sweatpants. It happened with uh, with the Otter Pops. It happened with, with school books that uh, like I assumed Richie would know. Um, cause I was like, that was required reading. Like, obviously you've had to read that. And he was like, I've never read this book. And I think and I didn't Lord either. Of the Flies. I think it was Lord of the Flies that Richie was like, I've never had to read that book. And once in future King too. I don't know. It was once, once in future King. Cause I know people who read Lord of the Flies. And he was like, never had to read that. I was like, what are you talking about? That's required reading in high school English class. And he was like, not for me. I was like, well, you told me you don't like to read. So that was probably just you not paying attention to the teacher. And so I brought it up in the group chat and you were like, yeah, I never had to read that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. I forgot. Um, it, it humbles me and it, it ups Richie's street cred every time I think he just didn't know something. And it turns out that the entire state of Arizona is not aware of it. 48th <laughs> in education. 48th in education. Whew, sending my daughter to kindergarten. Three weeks, baby. Now we can. Yeah, it turned out fine. So did Richie. Turned out you fine. You guys both turned out fantastically. Couldn't ask for anyone better. <laughs> 48th state, 48th in education. Yeah, that's about right. Okay, yeah. So. As we uh, divulge back for um, one last thing, sorry. Um, the show Kat was talking about is Never Have I Ever. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's like one of the funniest shows on television. It's so good. It got raw. I was watching it on my plane back to Fe back to Phoenix, and I was like, I have to watch it again. Like I haven't finished it. Yes, yes. Now hurry up now because. Uh, season two just came out this week, and so that's what Kat and I were talking about. And uh, we're two episodes in now. I was very mad that I couldn't watch it last on, on Friday night. I even threatened to go watch it on my own. I did not. But anyway, yes, go watch Never Have I Ever. It's terrific. You'll love it. Um, can't recommend it highly enough. It gets the sporty seal of approval. Okay, so anyway, hockey. Yes, back to what we're talking about. Sorry for the divergent there. Thank you, Kat. Um, if we need you, we'll... We'll, I'm just sitting here. We'll bring, we'll bring you <laughs> oh, in. I need her for pronunciation. I was half listening to her pronunciation earlier. I will admit it. 
Yes, we'll get to that in a second. So here are the here are the moves the Coyotes made today in case on Saturday in case you missed it. Um, the first one we're going to begin with the names we can actually pronounce, which is that the Coyotes received from the New York Islanders Andrew Ladd, a 2021 second round pick, and a couple of conditional draft picks in 2022 and 2023. So that was the second move they made. The first move they made was kind of a bit of a shocker. Um, where they traded Aiden Hill to the San Jose Sharks. They acquired a 2022 second-round draft pick, and they also acquired a goaltending prospect uh, by the name of Yosef Kornarsh. Nope. Yosef Kornarsh. Thank you. See, there was the pronunciation. I told you we're going to need it. I know. She she even cat told us how to pronounce his name 30 fucking minutes ago. <laughs> Already forgot it. Yeah, I, I that was what I was saying. Do you, do I know us or do I know us? Yes. I knew this was not going to be good for either of us and I was like I heard her say it and I was like I'm going to lose that in like 2 minutes. <laughs> I need it written down in front of my face. Or I know, I'm- yeah. Yosef Kornash. There we oh, go. Beautiful. Yes. Um, Coyotes fans familiar with Kornosh because he played a couple of games against the Coyotes last year, actually, believe it or not. And if I'm not mistaken, gave up 10 goals in three games. So welcome to the Coyotes, Yosef. I'm sure you're going to fit in quite nicely. So were you shocked that the Coyotes traded in Aiden Hill? Because I, I was a little bit. I wasn't – if anything, I was expecting Aiden Hill to maybe be a possibility to go to Seattle – because I've seen several mock drafts where he was a possibility there because he was obviously the more than likely going to be unprotected in the in the expansion draft. But in my opinion, it was a good move, right? Like if they were possibly going to lose him, if not in the expansion draft, well, maybe he would leave via free agency, right? Well, now they get a second round draft pick for him, which is which is ridiculously good by on Bill Armstrong's part. So. I think that's a it's a uh, a win win for both teams because the Sharks get a guy who who knows he's because like Aiden Hill like he's an NHL caliber goaltender if he's he's not a guy who's gonna start sixty games for you but like he's a solid backup On in the NHL Sharks right tonight, yeah their best goaltender last year had something like their best goaltender last year because I went on the. Uh, I believe it was the Locked on Sharks podcast this past week. Um, Martin Jones had something like an 870 save percentage last year. He was one of the bottom five goaltenders. And the only thing more concerning about that was that he's been one of the bottom five for the last three straight years. Um, and they brought in Devin Dubnik to help him, who Coyotes fans know and love, but who health-wise just isn't an NHL goalie anymore. So they they were really stuck. Like they had me come on their podcast specifically to help them figure out who that team could sign for in free agency because they had no idea who in their system was in any way NHL caliber, which Yosef Koronash is not. Um, he's, He's an AHL goaltender. They just didn't have any NHL goalies last year, which is how he ended up playing 10 games. Um... So I, I assume he's, he's here to be exposed. Um, they needed a goalie. I 
I think I brought up Aiden Hill very briefly as the type of goalie they should be looking for. Um, because they seemed to like to bring in washed up guys who weren't going to be able to play, but would emotionally help Martin Jones, which doesn't seem to be working. So good for them, I guess. Um, good for Aiden Hill, I guess. Yeah. Were you surprised, Corey, by Aiden Hill being traded? Oh, so here's the thing, which I'm, I'm glad that Kat hopped in. I knew as soon as we started talking about goaltending that she wouldn't be able to avoid it. I should have put money down on this, um, but I didn't. And now I feel very sad that I didn't. But, um, yeah, it it kind of freaked me out at first until I had an adjustment period um, of you know, kind of rationalizing through it. And it, and it made sense in the fact of being able to protect Kemper and in the fact that, you know, with, with Prosvitov, it, it makes total sense. Um, it also made more sense once, once I talked to Kat because she's like the goalie whisperer and, and knows these extra little tidbits of the fact that, you know, like uh, Aiden Hill, they've been, trying to get rid of him anyways, kind of. So the fact that um, this worked out the way it did, I think is it worked out the best way possible. Both of the moves today, I honestly think were really great when it comes from um, the fact of, you know, looking at a new GM and how he's, how he's doing with the te- this type of team and this type of rebuild. Um, we, we've made some uh, correlations to some other things that we'll bring up about the, uh, the next part of this later. But uh, I, I was surprised at first. Um, I wasn't happy with it at first, but then once I rationalized it out, it, it totally made sense. And I actually really think it's a, a great move. Yeah. And the uh, the addition of Andrew Ladd was clearly a, one of those things where the Islanders were looking to dump salary. That's exactly what they did. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's got Andrew Ladd's got two years at a five and a half million AAV on his contract left, and so the Coyotes can obviously take that on as they're expected to dump more salary with some more trades and more movement um, coming up uh, over the next couple weeks. And uh, you know, and the Coyotes. And we've talked about this, Corey, like they're going to need an infusion of a little bit of some veterans on this roster, right? Because you're losing Goligoski. You're losing um, Nicholas Stralmerson. You're losing um, a lot. You've already lost Derek Stepp on the previous season. So you're losing a lot of these guys who are guys who have been around the league for a while. You're losing Auntie Ranti, who's been around for quite a while and who won a Stanley Cup back in the day, right? So you're losing and Jason Demers. So they needed to bring in some a veteran guy, Andrew Ladd, not the player he used to be, obviously, but at least he's a veteran guy to, that you can plug in and he can play quite a bit of time and be perfectly fine for a team that's going to be bottom 10 in the league this year. So I'm perfectly fine with him. And then who knows, maybe next year, like after this season, he could the Coyotes could buy him out or whatever. Maybe he retires, right? So – and uh, Craig Morgan tweeted this out this afternoon. He said, Bill Armstrong has talked a lot about lacking assets, whether in the form of draft picks or prospects. He just confirmed that was the main thrust of today's moves. With Armstrong's experience and the talent AZ has hired in the scouting department, AZ has some chips to play with. And that's huge. That is exactly how you rebuild a roster. That's how you do it in every sport, where more often than not, if you're going through a rebuild, 
and you just try and acquire as many assets as possible so that you can make the moves to then become a contender, right? And um, I'm a Rams fan, and they were able to use all, some of the assets they acquired throughout the years, basically all of their draft picks, and go, listen, we are a contender right now. We're going to move these draft assets to go get the guys that we need to get in order to become Super Bowl contenders. And guess what? It got them to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It got them the best corner in the league in, in Jalen Ramsey, who is now locked up for long term. And so that's what the Kyries can maybe look forward to doing in the future is while they have these assets, they can then make the moves. They can, you know, jumble some assets in the draft to go get a guy who they want, who's Angel Caliber, or they can, you know, take a couple mid-round draft picks and move up in the draft to acquire a player they really like in the draft. So that's what you want to do when you're rebuilding like this. It just gives you more options, more players, and it gives you a better chance to succeed down the road. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I don't want to say it like too early because of the fact that, you know, it things can always change. But so far, I am impressed with the direction that Armstrong is going with everything and the fact that there, there was so much pipeline building that needed to be done. And so the fact that he's going in this direction to try and build up this pipeline and, and the fact that we all had the same, basically the same reaction when we saw um, the, the, the trade with the Islanders, or it's not even really like a trade. It was an acquisition essentially um, from the Islanders that it was, um, we all kind of thought this is very, you know, lopsided. What what do they get out of this, right? And so um, it's some interesting moves for sure that he's made. But I I even kind of put out a tweet today about like it, everything being a little bit of chaos. But then during all the chaos, there's one person sitting there at the bar drinking a drinking a probably a very strong cocktail. And I was thinking to myself that we we may be the team that comes out of it that way where it is absolute chaos out there. Cause it always is absolute chaos during an expansion draft. But the fact that um, with the direction that he is moving, I think it may actually come out to be a, a somewhat calm, which is very weird to say when you are going through a, you know, a multiple year rebuild. Yeah, and here's the thing, they're not done. Like, Bill Armstrong is not done. There are still several players that are on the board. And the biggest key is the first player that came to mind after the Aiden Hill trade, which is okay. Because I think a lot of us thought, I, I thought that the goalie that was more likely to be moved was Darcy Kemper, right? Like, there, we all saw those reports from, I believe it was Frank Saravalli and, and maybe some others who were saying that to, the Maple Leafs were – consider now strong contenders to acquire Darcy Kemper. And I, I think I tweeted out maybe from the sporty account or mine. It's like, Oh, this is what we want. This is a bidding war. This is what we, we want a bidding war for Darcy Kemper. That's going to drive up his price. And so I'm surprised that it wasn't done yet, but it's just, maybe it's just the case of the Cairo just waiting for the right time to get the most they can for him. Cause Kat, as you know, like I feel like we say this every off season, but every off season, the goalie market kind of sets the market for everything else. And so I, I wonder if that's kind of just 
it's Bill Armstrong just waiting for some of these other dominoes to fall to try and make his move to trade Darcy Kemper. Because, in my opinion, Darcy Kemper is not going to be here uh, game one. He's gone. He's not playing another game for the Arizona Coyotes. I'm sorry. There's I, I love Darcy Kemper too. Hashtag Darcy for Vesna, right? But but he's not he's gone. He's they're gonna go get a first round pick for him. Okay? Like if Aiden Hill got a second round pick, you can go get a first round pick for Aiden Hill from a contender, which is I think is, what's gonna happen. So like do you Kat, do you think that's what's gonna it's kind of going on here? Is there's just so much no. goalie movement or No, not at all. You think I'm wrong? I think you're why? Because who will they start? I think, so we talk about it every, you're right. Like essentially the goaltending market sets the market for everything else because we have so many teams that need goalies every year. They have goalies who underperform. They have goalies who get hurt and can't keep playing. I mean, it's such a, such a fluctuating position. Nobody thought that Corey Crawford was going to essentially need to need to retire the way he did. We thought he was going to keep playing and he abruptly retired. Corey Schneider fell off a cliff. Um, I think that based on the market for this year, there are going to be a decent number of good goalies on the market because teams aren't able to afford them. And right now the guys that are on the market are, I, I'm honestly not even sure at this point. Uh, there's there's Chris Dreiger, who's a free agent. Um, the assumption is that Seattle is going to find a way to sign him, um, whether it's going to be having Florida sign him and expose him and then, you know, pick him up from them, or if it's going to be just picking him up on the free agent market. Um, Mike Smith is a free agent this year, which that's awesome because I think Edmonton's hoping to sign him for another year maybe two um which is absolutely wild um why sorry uh, because ken holland loves him a guy who who is five years past his prime who had a really hot streak but who had a problem with five hole then and has a problem with five hole now sorry i'm really bad grudges with that i will stop at least he likes to pass to people who can score on him um, I was going to say, on the okay. other team. On Sorry. But no, I, I think that the Coyotes likely put out feelers on both goaltenders. Neither goaltender was a definitive lock to keep. But it does your team no good to not have an NHL caliber goaltender on the roster. And it does them no good to play Ivan Prosvitov as a starter next year. Because that does nothing for their young defensive core. Does nothing that. for him, right? You you damage your young goaltender if you play them too early. That's the Edmonton model. Nobody wants that. But if you play Yosef Koronash as your your starter next year, he's not an NHL caliber goaltender. Feasibly, they could go and trade for someone else. But every other goaltender who's likely going to be on the market is going to be someone that a team can't afford anymore. And quite frankly, Darcy Kemper is on an okay deal. He's on a good deal, but teams that need to add someone are going to have to get rid of someone else in in their place. And I just, I think that if they'd gotten rid of Darcy, if they'd been able to get a first round pick for Darcy Kemper, they would have done it because they wanted to get assets now so that they could figure out which goaltender they wanted to protect, right? And they... 
likely had teams trying to play chicken with them on Darcy Kemper. And because uh, fact of the matter is Darcy Kemper is 30. And a lot of teams saw what happened with Jacob Markstrom last year. Um, he went to a new team with an unfamiliar goalie coach who I've heard good things about, but it didn't really work out in that system. He, he kind of struggled. Um, I think if it was two years prior, sure, you'd get a ton for Darcy Kemper, but he's 30. And I don't think it's worth trying to get another second or third round pick for him when they have, what, three second round picks this year, two or three next year. Bundle those and get a a mid to low first round pick and keep a goaltender that can actually stop a puck because it it does your young players no good to have them playing in front of a disaster. We saw what happened with L.A. two years ago when – Jonathan Quick couldn't stop a beach ball. We see what's happening in San Jose. A lot of their young players don't take steps forward when they can't figure out what's going on behind them. And I think it would it would be foolish to do it unless they're offered a high first round pick, which the teams that have those are not the teams that are looking to add him, in my opinion. Corey, do you think Darcy Kemper is done as a Coyote? Do you think he plays in in game one? I hate to gang up on you, Richie, but I also disagree. I if it if he was to be dished out, that to me is a massive like red flag screaming at me, basically saying that Armstrong is ready to allow this taint this game this game, this team to absolutely tank, like just really be a shit rebuild. And I've said multiple, multiple times that this team can't be absolute ass. They can't afford to be absolute ass. And I mean that in the money sense of every way you can think about it, they still need to be getting a lot of butts in those seats. And so they need to be at least halfway decent and winning games, or they're going to end up being like, the Arizona Diamondbacks that no one could give two shits about right now because they are such ass. You, There is a, a middle there that I'm hoping Armstrong can find. And if he dishes out Darcy Kemper, that there's no hope of that. It's going straight out the window. And the fact that um, I didn't even really think about the fact of how that really kind of screws uh Prozvitov until Kat just mentioned it there but if if his whole dynamic is really trying to um to grow this team up like from the bottom up then that's the last thing he's going to want to do but my my first initial thought going into it and the thing that I was going to ask you when you were talking about it is do you think that Armstrong is going at this in a in a rebuild that's still functional or just completely just blow everything up. Who cares if they're complete dog shit next year? Hypothetically, Richie, uh, cause I, I don't think I, I will give the caveat that I don't think anyone on the roster outside of Jacob Chikrin is untouchable for the right price. So I don't think that it's that Darcy Kemper's, you know, kept under lock and key if the right option is out there, but feasibly who who would you want as your starting goaltender? If you get rid of Darcy Kemper and you're bringing someone else in as a free agent, which which one would you pick up? 
I'm glad you asked that because I'm looking at a I list know, of free agent goaltenders right I'm here. I'm giving a nice segue for Richie here. He just pulled up the cap friendly yeah. list. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't really know a lot about other teams' situations. So I don't know uh, like which of these players are expected to resign with their teams or – I know, obviously, the bigger names are gonna are probably gonna, you know, obviously sign elsewhere. But like, which one do you have an eyeball on, though? Which one of these do I have an eyeball on? That's a great question. Let me I've t- done very little homework this offseason. That's the one thing I have looked at. Because goalies, yeah, like I'm sure, like you look at a lot of these guys, like they're perfectly fine. Like they're 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 perfectly fine goaltenders. Like you know, as far as I'm concerned, like you're both of you guys are think I'm crazy. Go fucking sign Mike Smith for a season. Who cares? This team is going to be so bad. I, I can't I live through that again, Richard. I, I can't live through it again. Last season, too. Yeah. He said the team was going to take a massive step back. And I think they did. Also, I wouldn't add Mike Smith back to the locker room because I wouldn't add him back to the locker room. And that's that's an important thing to think about there is if you're trying to build the team back up, we saw what happened when the team didn't care about the culture that was, well, not didn't care about, but brought in certain players, Mike Ribeiro, Anthony, uh, Anthony D'Angelo, um, who were not good culture fits with fostering a good team environment. And it, it hurt them. I certainly wouldn't bring Mike Smith back into a locker room. It's not going to happen, but I still no. put it out there. Like, no, because Ken Holland's going to sign him for two more years. <laughs> no, you can just like look look at the the list here. Like, I'm not going to talk. Uh, probably the top seven well, or eight names here are not ca- going to be counted. But like Carter Hunt, David Riddick, Anders Nelson, Linus Olmark, Darcel Falak, perfectly fine. Like, those are all guys who've started plenty of NHL games. Go get one of those guys. Like, they're just fine. All they need is a guy. They don't need a, a prospect. They just need a guy who started games in the NHL. And they'll be. That's it. Like, you're in a transition year here. So, take two years, sign a guy that's a transitional player, and then Prozvodok can be your guy three years down the road. And that's that's all we need. Like, I don't – like, again. A lot of those are injury-prone guys, though. Like, a lot of those in that, that tier that we were looking at. Like, David Riddick got injured a few times, hasn't been the same since. I don't know if he's NHL caliber at all anymore. Carter Hutton, same thing. He's been injured off and on for the last two years in Buffalo. Um, I would take Yarrow Halak in a heartbeat. I think that's going to be, but I also think he's going to be one of the hottest names on the market because he's he's been a part of a Jennings winning team for the last handful of years. He and Tuka Rask combined have been some of the best goalies in the league. So I think I think he's going to get snapped up by someone else, but I would absolutely take Yarrow Hawk. I take him with Darcy Kemper. Having those two veterans with Ivan Prosvitov as your number three, absolutely. I'd take that all day, every day. I also think it's very particular on what veterans you bring in, as as you were saying, Kat, and the fact that, like, I wouldn't want Mike Smith back in and the fact that, like, if I'm going to bring a veteran in after the poor leadership that this team had before, if I'm going to rebuild a team, then I'm going to bring in leaders that are actual leaders. I think that is important. Especially especially when looking at some of the veteran names and not, I mean, every goalie is precious and sweet in their own, right? They're all, they're all precious angels except for Mike Smith. Um, But you notice a trend between me and Kat. We spent many, many games in the press box very much bitching about this exact subject. Just saying. I think 
a couple of the guys on the list would be good ads to go. I think some of the names on the list would be good to go with Darcy Kemper in a transitional year for the same reason that kind of like when the Coyotes added Devin Dubnik. Um, and then unfortunately Mike Smith fell off a cliff, but they brought in Dubnik and that was supposed to be a, a, a rehab, not a rehab assignment for him, but sort of rebuilding his game. Like Jack Campbell, when he went to, to LA and worked behind Jonathan Quick, uh, names like Linus Olmark, you don't want him starting for you because he's had a lot of trouble um, with consistency in Buffalo and you're coming from a Buffalo locker room. Once again, that that's kind of an iffy locker room presence to bring in. Not that Linus Olmark himself is, but just from that team. Um, but I think some of the other names on the list, Laurent Brassois, I think he's going to get snapped right back up by a Winnipeg as soon as they re-sign him. They just don't want to expose someone like him. Um, but you, you can bring in an Olmark. You just don't want him to be your starter. And he's young enough that feasibly he could do really well like what happened with Ronta, who then it shifted to what happened with Kemper. You bring in a guy who's in his mid to late 20s, can fix his game after being on a bad team without being required to be the only guy. And then maybe you either trade Darcy Kemper halfway through the season or you trade Linus Olmark and you get yourself assets for that. But you don't bring in, I think, just one who may or may not be capable of playing NHL games at this point. I think a lot of the names on the goalie list this year, big question marks. And I wouldn't want that to be my only goaltender. Cause we saw what happened with that when the Coyotes did that last. And uh, they had Mike Smith who was hurt all the time. And then they had a bunch of question marks. Like uh, they had Louis Domingue who struggled. And then they picked up the question mark and Scott Wedgwood who struggled. Then they had Nicholas Troitle who hadn't played a game outside of Germany before. And I think that hurt the team more than it helped them having so much rebuild needed in net while the rest of the team was trying to get their consistency under wraps. So can we, we're wrapping up the show here in just a second, but can we agree on this then? Darcy Kemper will not finish the season with the Coyotes. Cause if they don't trade him at all, that's a massive mistake. If they let him walk in free agency on a team that's go- not going to be good, what a waste. For a team that wants to go get assets, you can go. You have assets on the table to trade your goaltender, and you're just going to keep them. That would be a massive, massive mistake in my opinion. So here's a question. What if they're good? They won't we don't be. Think they, they won't be. be. We don't think what? they will be. But what if they are? Hypothetically, what if we've seen weirder teams get good? I weirder teams get good. I will still say they can't be absolute trash. They can't be. It's just not a thing that it's. They don't have the luxury of an absolute terrible rebuild. This this team went through new ownership and COVID and everything else. They can't be absolute garbage. They're trying to build a fan base that's substantial and one that is very invested. And by trying to drag them through another really like terrible rebuild after a five a, a previous five year rebuild not that long ago, 
that is going to destroy the fan base. I say you can't do it. I I tend to agree with you, but I just I think the reality is just completely different than than that actually happening. But again, we can disagree. We can disagree. Uh, here's the the best thing we can hope for is a Colorado model where you're bad for two years and then bam, everything just clicks, and then I you're a Stanley Cup contender. Yeah. They were terrible. They were what? The worst team in the league by 10 points? They're, yeah. They 2016, were one, 17. They were one of the worst teams we've ever seen in the modern era, post-lockout. That's actually when I got to go see a uh, an Avs game, like in person, in their actual arena, was when they were absolute trash. It was still a ton of fun, though. Fun fact, I, uh, I watched one of those games the year that they were absolute trash. Um at the TV at AZ Ice Peoria while Richie was playing one of his uh, beer league hockey games. <laughs> I watched it with Corey on the TV. Yes, Richie Richie's beer league games where <laughs> he wore his beer league jersey to graduation. I will still always point that out every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, my mom, not very happy about that, I think, <laughs> to this day. Um what an ending. Yep. And that's that's how we're in the show. Um, thank you, Kat, for joining us um, and providing some insight into the goaltending situation. Now, here's the thing. We're going to save this because I'm probably going to be completely wrong because <laughs> that's what happens about 90% of the time. I have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. I just make it sound good. Anyway, uh, we'll talk to you again after the expansion draft, everybody, hopefully. Uh, good luck to the Coyotes. Good luck to the Seattle Kraken. Who knows who they'll take? Maybe the Coyotes will say goodbye to a fan favorite and the likes of Christian Fisher or somebody like that. Until then, good night and good hockey, everybody.